If I told you that my dad loves me, you would probably say, well, I don't know him, but I believe that to be true. If I told you that my dad loves me, but that he died 20 years ago, it might cause you pause, but I think at the end you would still say, I believe that to be true. Love like faith and hope and grace are great and wonderful mysteries, aren't they? They're hard to understand and even harder to articulate. Yet we know they are true because we've felt them intimately in the inner beings of our soul. We were taught way back when we were little children that God is love. So if God is love, love can transcend time and space and all the physical boundaries that we know of in this world. Love is indeed an invisible reality. We can't see it, but we know in our heart it exists. So even if a spouse or a parent or a grandparent, someone who we love dearly has passed away a long time ago, we can know in our heart that they still love us because we know in our heart that there is this wonderful spiritual connection. So the question for today is this, how do you and I connect with this reading of today's gospel, the passion of the Lord? Do we sit bored in the pew and say, oh my God, this is a long one, when's it gonna end? And that man, Jesus, yeah, maybe he was a man 2,000 years ago, but boy, society sure wants to tell us that he was a myth. And, you know, is he really relevant in my life? I don't know. Or do we sit in this pew with great awe and say, wow, this story is the greatest story ever told, and I'm part of it. Protestant theologian N.T. Wright made a comment that the Old Testament is essentially an unfinished symphony, a drama without a climax, a great novel without a plot. He goes on to say, it is the articulation of a hope, a dream, a longing, but without the realization of that hope, without the satisfaction of that longing. And then came Jesus, who turned out to be, in the most unexpected way, the fulfillment of the dream, the crescendo to the music, the plotline of the novel, and the climax of the drama. Bishop Barron reminds us that this is a theodrama, not an ego-drama. God is writing the story God is directing this story, God is producing this story, and God is starring in this story. You and I are not the producers or the directors or the stars, even though sometimes our ego tells us so. But we have a critical part in this story, a very critical part. And to understand what that critical part is, Two truths must be driven hard into our heart. The first truth is that we must believe to the deepest of our soul that Jesus, yes, is not only a man that walked the Middle East 2,000 years ago, but he is also the Son of God, 
the second person of the Trinity. The second truth that we must believe in our, deep in our soul is that we are children of God. And the scripture tells us this, but it sometimes gets lost in the noise. And I've discovered that in reading the scripture, I love to come across an eyewitness report. Because if an eyewitness is saying it, and it's right there in scripture, I find it very believable. So a couple examples of Jesus is God. After the rest in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is led away. And the high priest, Caiaphas, says, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus replied, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Now to the first century Jew, this evokes great memories of the burning bush when God spoke to Moses and he said, I am who I am, Exodus 3. It'll also remind them of the prophet Daniel's vision of the Son of Man where he said, I saw coming with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man, and he was presented before the Ancient of Days, Daniel 7. But for you and me, let's just take this verse as the first proof that Jesus is God because Jesus said it himself, I witness truth. Second, we go to Luke's version of this passion reading where he tells a little more detail about those thieves on the cross crucified on Jesus' right and Jesus' left. One of the criminals railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? We are receiving the due deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turned to Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Truly, I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. So again, if we can just take these verses as a second proof that Jesus is God. Because here we have a thief who hardly knew Jesus. And in a matter of minutes, he is converted and saved. Just an interesting aside about this story of the thief. St. Augustine has a great quote, and it goes like this. Do not despair. One of the thieves was saved. Do not presume. One of the thieves was damned. And finally, at Jesus' death, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman centurion who stood facing him saw how he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Now, the ripping of the temple curtain signifies the opening of God's presence to all people, not just the elite. But to you and me, let's take this verse as proof number three, that Jesus is God. Because here we have the eyewitness report of a Roman soldier who was a non-believing pagan and suddenly became a believer. Jesus is God, truth number one. We are children of God, truth number two. Again, we go to the scripture, and there's many, many verses that say to this, but here's just two. John 1, 
But those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. 1 John chapter 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Folks, this is not a metaphor, this is not a slogan. We are indeed sons and daughters of God. When we received the sacrament of baptism, we were bound by the covenant of Christ's blood on the cross and brought into the family of God to share in the eternal life of the Holy Trinity. In the story of the Passion today, we were not merely forgiven, we were adopted. Believe it or not, we have royal blood coursing through our veins, for we truly are heirs of heaven. In the old and familiar words of St. Athanasius, the Son of God became a son of man so that the sons of men might become sons of God. So as we proceed into this holy week and await the holiest day of the year, Easter, let us pray about our connection to this great and wonderful story. May we reflect on the fact that we are simultaneously children of this earth and children of heaven, that we are simultaneously human and divine, coexisting in this amazing, well-hidden disguise. We are a living paradox just as Jesus was. So the only thing left to be said is this. I believe that to be true. <laughs>